0: Been a star of their season tonight, he showed the world what he could do. My God! A An extra gear for the freshman. Touchdown! And the freshman is off. Foot race. <laughs> They're looking at shoe bottoms and nothing else. Into the end zone. Touchdown! The freshman just ran it back to Philadelphia.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Future Freshman Podcast. Welcome to Episode 28. I'm your host, Brandon Sanders. You can find me at X, Twitter, whatever you call it now, at CFF University. Of course, I am joined tonight by Mr. Justin Heisey. Uh, he's over at CFF Insiders. You can find him at, I believe, is at InsiderCFF or CFF Insider. Which one is it there, Justin?
0: It is uh, Insider InsiderCFF.
1: That's right, at Insider InsiderCFF. So please go check him out. Probably some of the best graphics in the game when it comes to people transferring or signing on or we're getting if there's a crew that signed on you can best believe Justin's going to have probably some of the best graphics that you can possibly get a hold of so definitely go check out his work he's also got some stuff going on as well um Justin are you still doing anything as far as like your rankings a few articles things like that what are you what are you doing uh when it comes to the CFF side of things I know you're a commissioner so you stay busy commissioning some leagues and stuff like that but uh are you doing anything as far as some analyst stuff and things like that currently I uh, did some uh did a couple of little
0: small graphics and stuff as far as like breakout players by conference. Uh that's under the radar players here over the past few weeks. Nice. Um I do have some rankings and stuff like that. Uh if you want them, just shoot me a DM or something like that. I can get those over to you in a drive link. Um it is is not a problem. My top one ten at uh, I'd say it all positions, I believe I have my top 110 for quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers. And I believe I did like 70 or 80 tight ends. 110 tight ends is just way overkill. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. So if you want those, just shoot me a
1: DM. I can get them to you. Awesome, man. So, yeah, definitely hit him up over at uh... – Over on the X, they're in the DMs there. I guess we can still call them DMs no matter what, so we'll do that as well. But Justin's on because me and him have something in common is that we are definitely fans of the ACC. Both of our teams play uh, in the ACC. In fact, both of our teams played in the conference championship last year. However, that didn't go so hot for one of us. It went great for the rest of us. So (laughs) we definitely have that in common. But Justin also (laughs) knows quite a bit when it comes to the actual ACC and the CFF side of things. So we're going to talk about the ACC Conference Skills position, of course, for episode 28. So there's definitely some guys that we want to go through. Before we do that, let's do a little housekeeping. Of course, you can find all of our stuff over at CampusCanton.com. We have plenty of things as far as articles, tools, that uh some of those I used for the episode tonight that we can kind of compare a little bit about. Uh the guides available The CFF guide is now available for $20 or if you have one of the higher tier memberships you could get that absolutely for free. Um so go check that out. We also just had the partnership with our friend Nicholas Ian Allen, so the C2C winning edge is now available. So you can also upgrade to that where you can get all of his projections for half point PPR and full point PPR as well as the the roster and that's what we'd like to see or you know how much how much, um, you know, eligibility does one have? We usually just hit them up in the DMs most time. Now, you don't have to, you have a membership where you can just go and check it out yourself so you can actually be uh, valid on how many years these guys have left. So, go check that out. Uh, right, I said over at campuscan.com, of course, we do have our 15% uh, uh, off on our promo code campus over at Homefield. So, go check out Homefield apparel, Justin. They got some sweet Clemson stuff, man. They got some of the old logo, some of the new logo. Feel like you could uh pick up a few good items there for the for the season starting off, man. I think that'd be pretty chill. Uh, so go go check that out over at Homefield Apparel, fifty percent off promo code came to can. In the last one, we just had the Price Picks uh season uh projections just drop as well. So if you're looking for some props there, that's available over at Price Picks. Uh, we'd use the promo code C two C. You get the matching deposit up to hundred dollars. And uh, once again, you can use um, CFB winning edge there over to help you with projections, or uh, we also have an NIL betting section. So Chris Moxley is really good about finding some good options for you there. So if you're looking for some quick cash as well, um, you can hop over there and definitely can make you some money over at Picks. So please go check that out. All right, Justin, let's get this party started, sir. We're going to start with Mr. Pierce Clarkson. He's an on three consensus, 89.28, a four star committed to Louisville. Um, he's 511 and a half, 183 pounds, a dual threat quarterback. Um, he's competitive in big games. Uh, he did play for John Bosco, which is there out of LA. Um, pretty decent competition, man. Uh, he did split time with, uh, Michigan state signing from last year, Keaton Hauser there, but this time he was a uh, full senior. So he was able to play by himself and not splitting time. He cleaned it about uh, 60% of his passes and then went for 1,416 yards and 16 touchdowns and only three interceptions. So a really good ratio there as well. Um, he shows good quickness. He lose passes really well. Um, he can be erratic sometimes when it comes to things breaking down. So that's something that he needs to work on the, less, the next level. But um, he's currently 19. So he is uh, one of the older uh, freshmen coming in. But cool thing is that his dad is a private quarterback coach there in LA. So he's Mr. Steve Clarkson. He did things like help people like big ben and as much as he possibly could tim tebow with his throwing mechanisms and different things like that so pierce clarkson has a pedigree of coming from a quarterback coach as well and he's a dual threat um were you able to kind of take a look at pierce clarkson or are you familiar of you know with him coming into a new Brom system what do you what's your thoughts there so far uh so uh, before i get into that I, I do have to ask do you think that Hunter
0: Beckers use Mox's projections for his bets, <laughs> or do you think that hey, he gosh. just
1: does it on his own? I want to say he probably just looked at the sports <laughs> books on DraftKings, bro. Um, I don't know. Uh, they said he did over thirty something. I hope he made <laughs> enough money to get banned, man. Shout out to JJ Cole. We talked about him in the uh, in the uh, in the one of the episodes. So hey, uh, go pick up JJ Cole, or uh, if you're in our Dynasty League, come hit me up. Yeah, and hit me up. Right up JJ Cole. Yeah. Stock up for J.J. Cole, stock down completely for 100 Deckers because I hope that betting was worth it. If you made $7 on DraftKings, bro, I swear, man, if you lose your job for $7, come on, man. <laughs> but, yeah, let's talk about Pierce Carson because oh, he still has a future. Pierce Carson.
0: Um, so... <laughs> So, yeah, I was able to I – wa- I watched a good bit of Pierce Clarkson's tape. You know, uh, he's, he's a guy that committed to Louisville in a different era. He was a Satterfield yeah. guy. Uh, Satterfield was the one that recruited him to Louisville. Uh, he's very different from anything I've seen Brom go after in the past. Like Jack Plummer and Brady Allen, who are already on the Louisville roster, who are former Brom guys that are reuniting with him, are like very different from what Pierce Clarkson has, uh, to, has to offer uh that's not necessarily a negative uh i've i've tweeted at some point last year because i mean i know that we all love aiden o'connell but there is a lot more talented player than aiden o'connell and that we would love to see like take part in that offense and so uh, it would be so interesting to see a player like Pierce Clarkson play within Brahms' system given his mobility. Um I do have to agree that he he tends to be a, gets a little erratic uh when stuff starts to break down. He's got a really good arm for a guy that's more of a that's more of a runner. Um one thing I like in his tape is that he doesn't necessarily tend to be he he likes to take off and run, but he also likes to look to pass. Uh, which is a very positive thing that you like to see from somebody. I, I like to categorize these quarterbacks in two different in two different uh, categories. I sort of talked with Felix about it on Twitter the other day. There's like guys that uh, run but like to pass and then guys that pass but like to run. Uh, yeah. I still think that he's still a little bit more of the run but like to pass, but he's not as extreme as like Malik Cunningham was. Um, right, yeah. he's, he's got a really solid arm, tends to be a little bit inaccurate. Uh, you know, you mentioned that he's 19, he's only 19, but his mind is older. He's a good locker room guy. Yeah. Um, and from what I understand from everything I've read, he's been like super into the playbook. He just wants to get in there and learn how to do everything so that he can get out there and contribute and is a fantastic leader. Uh, so I, I do think I, when I first initially saw him, with the Braum news, my initial thoughts were he is going to be a really, really good transfer candidate in a year or two, uh, yeah. just because I don't know that his play style necessarily matches the system. But once again, it would be entertaining as hell to see this guy play in Jeff Braum's system.
1: Yeah. I'm still kind of hung up on that with the Braum thing, especially I think Clarkson signed, but shortly after is when we heard the news of Brady Allen transferring over. And that's when I was like, uh, nail in the coffin, man. So I'm still kind of like, yeah, they're still gonna try to play plumbers like as much as they possibly can, which, you know, cringes me out. But at the same time, it's like I can't hate on plumber, especially for redraft this year, right? And I know this is more dynasty eccentric, but like um, you know, Pierce Clarkson's, you know, compared to like a couple, you know, it's been two months now since we probably drafted in our league and stuff like that. And he went fairly high. Uh, I feel like it's come down. I think he went round five. It looks like pick 10 in our draft. There in the Blue Bloods mm-hmm. dynasty, there, um, I would I would say he's probably down a few rounds. I think you could probably almost get him at double digits at this point, just because of the news of Brady Allen and now the news that Plummer Mac actually start as much as he possibly can throughout the season. So I think he might be a good pickup. Do you think there's a possible chance that he would go the Emory Jones route? I know we like um, Brady Drogrash there at Cincinnati already, but Pierce Clarkson, Satterfield, that could be interesting there in Cincy in the Big Twelve. Do you think that's a possibility? I know you said transfer. But do you think it's a high chance he does, or do you think he sticks around and tries to be the Lamar and the Malik Cunningham now of the new offense?
0: It's it's so hard. It's so hard to get a gauge on it because, you know, with as much as he really does not make sense for a Jeff Brom offense, Jeff Brom has spoken very highly of him. And so I don't know if it's yeah. one of those things that it's just like a... I'm going to talk really highly of you because you're the only quarterback commit we had in this class. And I'd really like right. to keep you we but to at see the you. same time. Louisville's got like, I think they've got like six quarterbacks on scholarship or something like that right now. Yeah. Um, I know that they lost Kaleeb Johnson. And so that, did, that was a hit there, but they picked up like Harrison Bailey as a preferred walk on Joey Gatewood's there now. Brady yeah. Allen's there now Jack Plummer's there now. Like, Mm -hmm. everybody and their mother has gone to Louisville this offseason. I I tend to think that he's probably still a strong transfer candidate unless just pure leadership and willingness to learn kind of gets him there. Uh, Because I, like you, also really like Brady Allen.
1: I do, too. Uh, He was a guy he really stood out for me this past, the last year.
0: I really think that this is, it's going to be a Jack Plummer year. they He, he can say whatever. Rob yeah. can say whatever he wants about a quarter com- quarterback competition. It's a Jack Plummer year. Um, he really turned around, my opinion on him, complete 180 w- with what he did at Cal last year. Uh, yeah. This is going to be Jack Plummer season at Louisville. And then next year, I don't, it's going to be really difficult to get a leg up on a guy that's had two years in, this system to kind of learn everything and is also really talented compared to, I'm not really a fit for this offense. And this guy's ahead of me developmentally and mentally. Maybe I should find somewhere else. Maybe go reunite with Satterfield at Cincinnati or, uh, you know, there's a couple of other different directions, you know, uh, UCF be a good landing spot for him as well. If they wanted to continue to do the, the mobile quarterback thing, like yeah. John Rice Plumley.
1: Yeah, you see if he's good, especially with the receivers that they have that are very quick and kind of get it out really open. So knowing that he's a uh, you know transfer, you know high transfer possibility, would you still take him around five? Or are you taking him way later? What what are you comfortable with knowing what you know now with Brady Allen, Plummer starting this year? This looks like maybe a two three year wait if he even waits at Louisville. So. Um, you know, what, what are you comfortable taking them at if we're, we're looking at dynasty purposes, man?
0: Uh, there's just, there was a lot of good quarterbacks in this class that ended up in a lot yeah, of good different spots. And so there's just so many guys that I would like, I know I think the latest I saw him fall, uh, Jaden Rashada, who I took in the first round, yep, um, uh, and ours with my second pick I've seen fall like his as latest as third. Uh, which I believe that in different circumstances he could probably fall lower. Uh, obviously, J.J. Cole is now a much hotter commodity than he yeah, once he's was. Uh, and I know in our draft that he went later than fifth. I don't know what round he went, but I know he went later than fifth. Uh, I, I was able to get JJ.
1: I got him in like the 10th round, which was like a steal. And then uh, the Deckers knew started. The the rumor started and I was like, oh, snap. I might actually have a starter already because I was hoping Dante Moore was going to beat him too. But it looks like I might get cold before I get Dante. So we'll see. Yeah. So like I, I think that there's some guys and some
0: names that are still on the table when Pierce Clarkson is up in the fifth round that I would much rather take. Because you know, you can bet on talent, but I've seen so many instances where a guy with a specific skill set that would be great at this place decides to go to like Boston College or something yeah. like that to where something his skill set like his skill skill set makes zero sense going there. Uh yeah. so at this point in time, I'm not I know that I'm not gonna get him for Louisville. Or I don't know that. I'm like 95% certain I'm not not getting him at Louisville.
1: Right. So I don't
0: want to spend a fifth round pick when I could get somebody like J.J. Cole in the fifth round that I know could be a guy for Iowa State. Yep. Um, And then, you know, end up having to drop Pierce Clarkson in two years because he was a four star that didn't play here and didn't play there. And now he's not playing at all.
1: Yeah. So definitely uh, polarizing, but we still think the talents there for Pierce Clarkson so definitely he's a guy that's draftable. He shouldn't be on your waivers. If somehow he is miraculously, then you struck gold. Go grab him real quick. But um, you know, if you if you draft him, might now might be the time to get him out of value if you're still drafting uh dynasty this late. If you are more power to you, I can't wait that long, man. Uh, we have to do ours in like <laughs> June or July. So just can't wait that long. Let's talk about our next guy, and this is going to be a polarizing topic. Um, because this is uh, in your ballpark, my friend. This is the Clemson uh commit Christopher Vizina on three consists 94.59. He's a four star prospect, um, 6'4, 205. So he's got a good body, man. Like he's he translates good, decent tools. They said he's got the best feet in the class, uh, for the 2023 cycle. That's really high. Uh praise there. Uh he's a loose athletic. Um, he's got a pro comparison of Mitch Trubisky, who graduated in 2013 out of UNC. Uh currently the backup there in Pittsburgh. They said that his frame, has uh, his on-field athleticism, and passing ability reminds them of Trubisky at the same stage. Uh, but they think that Trubisky was more productive at the high school level. Doesn't mean that you know Vizina is any less than or higher than Trubisky as well. Um, he was more the uh, more efficient passers. We saw Vizina in the elite 11 as well um he's still relatively new to position he didn't take up qb until ninth grade so there's a freshman in high school so he's only been at this technically four years um they're saying um you know he's uh he's a little younger his uh 18th birthday wasn't until this past april so he just turned freshly 18 but there's concerns uh i would say in the c2c realm of things with the guys like austin and those guys that are looking at long-term nfl they think vizina is a guy that you should be uh very cautious of they think that maybe Because we already have, we call him the club god, but Keg Klubnik, who's there now as well. Now a sophomore, he's still got probably one more year before he moves off to the NFL. So it's already two years. And then knowing Clemson, Clemson... They get a lot of good recruits, Justin. You guys are very blessed when it comes to five stars and four stars on the regular rolling through as well. They think that he's probably going to get over-recruited. Would you say, being the Clemson fan that you are, that's pretty accurate as far as he might get recruited over? He may never see the Clemson field, or do you feel like it's possible, like if something happened to Club Nick is Vizina the guy that steps up? What is your thought process on, on Vizina and Clemson here for this year? Well, uh, I know for this season – uh, I believe that I
0: read here recently that Vizina is going to redshirt, which means that he's not, not getting on the field, but outside of four games this year, uh, Paul Tyson and Hunter Helms are the next guys up for Clemson, uh, which we all know Paul Paul Tyson's the guy that's bounced around everywhere and is the grandson yeah. of Bear Bryant, and then Hunter Helms right. is some dude's kid that coaches for Clemson. And so, yeah. uh, those are the, the two guys there. Uh, I didn't realize that Trubisky was the player comp for Vizina. And now I'm a lot less confident in him.
1: Um, it was on three. So, I mean, you can't, <laughs> you know, that's just their comparison. I don't know what 24 seven is, but now I'm kind of like, <laughs> man, I'm not big on Vizina, but I was like, uh, you know, I'm a UC guy, so I'm jaded by the, the Trubisky stuff. But it's like we've had Hal, and now we got Drake. So it's like Trubisky is like a thing of the past for us now, but it's still like. I caught only highly of him, but it was because I'm a UNC fan. You got to the NFL, and I was like, all right, I'm going to shut up now. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I've seen a lot of the stuff. I've seen some stuff that I like from Vazina's tape. I've, I also saw him in the spring game. I tend to think that he makes some, like, really poor decisions at times. He pretty rough. Um, yeah. He's got some he, – he's got potential, uh, you know – I live in the upstate of South Carolina. It's Clemson country in the upstate of South Carolina. So obviously like my bosses and people I work with are all over it. Uh, One of the guys that I work with is just like in love with Vizina uh, was super stoked to have him when he signed on. Um, I like that. He was a big Clemson guy coming in. It's nice when guys are like super huge into the university uh, when they're coming in. Uh, But it is one of those things so it's hard to gauge the future right now because Klubnik is going to be the guy for two years. Ideally, is the guy for two years. Um, they're not taking a quarterback in the twenty-three class, but they're sort of on the cusp of some guys in the twenty-four class. Yeah, I think um, there's five or so. Guys it's, are looking it's sort of hard 20. to gauge. It's sort of hard to gauge right now. I, I could I could see him getting beat out, but he is also he's also going to get two years with Garrett Riley. I'm I'm fully sure. convinced that Garrett Riley's going to be there for two years, and he's going to bounce because that's just
1: or a head coach job or something, right?
0: It, it, yeah, I have to assume that he's got something that he's got his eye on in the head coaching sphere. Uh, right, more than likely Big Twelve or SEC that he's looking at. Um, so the right job's going to come open, I believe, in the next two years, and then he's going to bolt because he's just he's just too good of a coordinator to stick around, and his last name's Riley. Uh, and people really yeah. like that in college football. And so they do. Uh, I think he's got two years with Garrett Riley to develop. Um, I think he'll get every shot in the world in his junior season, but it is going to come down to there could be like, we could have a similar situation to where, like, you have Trevor Lawrence coming in next year. You got Kelly Bryant right now, and then you got Hunter Johnson, and like,
1: which I one is it going to be? Really, could see yeah. a
0: situation where Vazina is Hunter Johnson.
1: Yeah, he's going to hold that clipboard. That's I think that's the main fear in the CFF round and in C two C realm as well. Um, he went round nine, pick fourteen in our draft. Like I said, it was about two months ago. I don't know if that was you or not that took him. I, I certainly was avoiding him like the plague. Um, do you think that's too rich, man? Do you think he probably could have went in the double digits or fell a little further and people probably would have got him probably way later, even past JJ Cole, which I grabbed in the tenth? What what's your thought process there? Especially if he's redshirting, that's at least a year. And then we probably got one more year. So this is like a three year investment, man. Is that worth it to clog, or do you just uh, you know, take him in the last part of your rounds and just uh put him in the put him in the bench, man? What's your thoughts?
0: It's I think you should say something that like we're talking about how late he went in a draft that you and I were a part of. I'm the resident Clemson guy, and I was not the one that took him.
1: <laughs> there you go. And I'm um, an ACC guy, and I still didn't there's just him.
0: guys. Yeah, like there's just guys on the board that even I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not completely sold on him just yet. I I, I don't think that like a double digit draft capital is like that heartbreaking to spend on a guy like that because no, really. uh, there. I mean he could develop a ton over the next two years and then just be like lights out his junior season. Like it could be a whole thing. Like, you know, right now we're sort of expecting Kyle McCord to step up and be huge for Ohio state this year. And he, he kind of came in, sat behind some people and now it's supposed to be really good. And it Mm -hmm. could be like similar set of circumstances here with the Xena. We just don't know that. And so like, I would say it's a similar sort of long-term investment, like with Kyle McCord,
1: I just can't, promise the payoff it's not guaranteed or at least a shot at competing and poor mccord still fighting off i don't know if devin brown's back or not but i heard that he's getting healthier so now ryan day is probably now still even looking at common like is he my starting quarterback shout out to matt bruning i know you're going through it brother stay 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 in the pocket you got this <laughs> man you got this um uh, but yeah man uh if you get him in double digits like i said take a fire if he's one of your guys take him if he's not your guy just pass up on him. Honestly, like it's, it's okay. It's a three-year investment. If you want, if you're truly that guy, guy's like, Hey, I need to have this guy on my roster. I really think he can be a guy take him is what we're saying. But would you watch, would you see both of us doing it? Likely not. So take that for what it's worth. If you want to. All right, Justin, let's move over to the running backs. So let's talk about Ike Daniels. He's an on three consistent 86.15 three-star prospect who committed to Syracuse Now, probably I would say a couple weeks ago, this would have probably been even more interesting as far as having uh, running back discussions in Syracuse, but uh, it looks like LaQuint Allen is uh, clear to participate. Hopefully nothing comes back on the back end for him as the season progresses, and hopefully he's not betting games like Hunter Deckers. Um, But as long as you're not doing that, you'll be fine. Uh, But Ike Daniels, uh, a four-time team captain, which means he was all four years at high school, first team all-region first-team all-district. He ran for over 1,700 yards as a senior, and he totaled more than 2,000 all-purpose yards, so he's a runner and a catcher. Uh, he was his high school's uh, first-district-one champion that ever competed. He also competed in basketball and track, so he's a three-start athlete, so the guy's twitching fast. He's 5'9 half, and he's 183 pounds. Um, they give him a C2C comparison of Kyrie Robinson, who's currently at San Jose State. We kind of like Kyrie in certain circumstances. Sometimes San Jose is a little bit more pass heavy, but at times Kyrie's been very efficient in CFF. Um, with LeQuent Allen, may or may not still being in trouble, they do have a uh, Prince as the backup. But they're saying a lot of good things about Ike Daniels. Um, If you looked at, I'm not big on. If you're big on Phil Steele, that's cool. I life his magazines, but I think you know you should take his stuff with a, you know, with a grain salt. But you should pay attention if he does it. But they're saying. He's saying that Ike Daniels could kind of be the backup if he really truly wanted to. So with Clint Allen, if there's ever a situation where he's not, if he's missing time, goes down with injury, or something happens with this stuff coming up, he may be interesting. So he was undrafted, but he's completely available, usually on waivers as well. Not saying to go out to grab him, but he's definitely a watch list guy. What's your thoughts on Syracuse because this is a prime real estate for uh, for running backs, and this guy seems to be more of the uh, pass-catching type situation. Do you think he ever gets on field in year one or do you think this is just LaQuinn Le- Allen season and everyone's just, uh, just wait for a year, basically what's your thoughts, man?
0: Uh, see, uh, I-, I agree that like a couple weeks ago, this was a really interesting guy, uh, Ike well, Daniels. And, uh, so they brought on two freshman running backs. I'm not even going to attempt the other guy's first name. Yeah. Uh, but his <laughs> last name is Parkman. Um uh, I-, I actually took the time, watched some tape for both of them. uh, Like Ike Daniels is just, his tape is crazy. Like he gets the ball and then he's just in the secondary and you're not even entirely sure how it happened, but he's just there. Uh, I think, like, the first three highlights on the tape that I watched were all of, like, 60-plus yard runs for touchdowns or something like that. One of them was on his own goal line, took it uh, coast-to-coast in, like, a bunch form. So he's got crazy speed. Um, From what I understand, he's a good pass catcher, uh, and I think that he's the faster of the two of them, and I actually like his potential better than I like Parkman's potential uh, long-term. I do think... Uh, I'm not, I can't say that I have the connections that, uh, Phil steel has, uh, right. But
1: he does get a what an hour plus with each coach every year. Right.
0: Yeah. And so, uh, I, I can't say that I have his connections, uh, You know, Juwan Price is still there, so it's hard for me seeing, at least early on in the season, him getting over that hump. But maybe later on in the season, uh, he can get a little bit more involved. LaQuint Allen's going to be that dude until he's just not that dude uh, for Syracuse. Uh, But um, I do think uh, in some offenses, pass and run or pass protection matters. Uh, Like for some coaches, pass protection matters early on. Uh, I know as a Clemson guy, Uh, usually dudes don't see the field early if they can't block for passers. Right. And so, uh, one thing I can say about Ike Daniels, as far as like a possible negative is, you know, you can't really tell from his tape how good of a pass blocker he is, but if you can figure out who their quarterback is, you can check his tape out. Uh, so, uh, I checked out Jackson Sigler's tape
1: okay and okay. while
0: uh while uh sickler is like incredibly fun to watch because all he does is take off and run uh preferred walk <laughs> on at virginia tech if anybody wants like go. some sort of real real deep addition for <laughs> deep, a deep, dynasty deep. roster there you go um he's Super entertaining to watch, but uh, I can say that like on a lot of passing plays that Ike Daniels was not necessarily the lead blocker for those. And when he was, he tend to have gotten outbodied. Uh, so I will say that that's a possible knock for him, but but his ability is like in more traditional running back roles is insane. He was like super, super fun to watch on tape.
1: Yeah. He was a bit of a speed demon. I agree. I think putting a little bit more size and being a little bit more of a chipper and, and helping out the passers will kind of get him on the field faster. I want to ask you because Anay did go to NC state, but uh, his protege is taking over at Syracuse. Do you think this is pretty much like a copy paste of the previous years with an or do you think there might be a little bit tweaks and changes, or do you think this is just business as usual for,
0: Syracuse uh, I tend to th- you know they, they brought in they, they replaced and I, I can't think of the guy's name but he was like a disciple of Robert and I that
1: literally has been his OC forever or whatever. With. Yeah.
0: And, and yeah. so uh, I, I sort of think you're going to see a lot of the same concepts but you know every coach likes to take something uh, when they put in a leadership position, put their own little flair and flavor to it. So there's probably going to be some slight changes. I'm trying to think of what position coach that he was offhand. He was either a receivers coach or a tight ends coach, and I can't quite think I, of which one he was
1: offhand. I think it's tight ends, which is going to um, make Gatson pretty decent still, but – I want to say like he was pretty much the yeah. disciple behind an A the entire time. So yeah. but yeah, definitely look at Ike Daniels. He's not yeah. a pickup right away. Uh but uh definitely go put him on the watch list. There's the little star if you're playing on fan tricks. Just go give him a little star on the side there and kind of just keep him on the side there as well. All right, Justin, let's move over to the wide receivers, man. Let's talk about a guy that uh we also were talking about Phil Steele, but we gotta bring this up because I think it's crazy. Israel Polk in Phil Steele's magazine is now as a true freshman, a starter, so he's 6'1. Here's what I'm scared at he's a string bean, Justin. He's 152 pounds, so hopefully he's gained more since he's been on campus there on pit. Um, he's uh on three consists, 84.60, three star, like I said, committed to the pit, so he's at Pittsburgh. Um, he is the standout receiver that came same out of John St. John Bosco, so he did play, he was pierce clarkson's wide receivers so it's funny that uh they both wind up in the acc together which is pretty crazy as well he's also the brother of makai polk who played there at mississippi state um he was uh, rated as california's top 100 overall prospects by espn and 24 7 sports um, and he did help uh, john bosco with the 13 and 1 record there that got them the division one championship that they held bosco is also uh, max preps national champions for the 2022 season so seeing john bosco Really, really great, talented one, but they had a lot of people. So here's why he only compiled 458 yards and a team-high 26 receptions with eight touchdowns. I believe that is a because they are a prep school. They have, a, I think, a little bit of a smaller season, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So, But, um, you know, he comes on. He's like the fourth um, wide receiver that Pitt takes this year on that one and one of the lower ones. But yet here he is standing out in spring. He's beaten out Dijon Reynolds, who's the transfer that's also come here for Pitt. I believe John Reynolds is from Florida State. But it's shown Israel Polk and Bub Memes as the top two guys, as long with uh, Bartholomew Laird tied in. So this is a, a freshman that could get some playing time right away if Phil still has it his way. Um, but I did hear some good things out of Pitt for him as well. No pro comparison, but I feel like this is pretty interesting. Had you got a chance to check out Polk and some of his uh, huddle tape or – were you able to kind of check out uh, Pittsburgh and seeing what they're saying about him so far?
0: Yeah, I was able to do a little bit. I, I fully agree that the guy's the guy's tiny. Like, he's 6'2", 152. like yeah, I'm it's, scared, man. It's completely, it's completely different if he was, like, 5'10", 150. He's 6'2", and 150. Uh, he he's needs to eat a freaking carb. carb. But he's, he, he's good. Uh, from what I've seen, he's good as far as, like, creating space, getting open, Uh, It's strange that we're having a conversation about him possibly being the starting wide receiver three on that roster, given that he was like committed to Colorado state at the midnight hour on signing day. Right. Right. And then saw what he, or like leading into signing day and then took a visit to like what he saw and signed with it sort of like out of the blue. So he was like a Norvell guy. And then all of a sudden our doozy guy, he needs to get bigger if he's going to contribute, especially if you're like, finding yourself against these teams that are recruiting you well, like Florida State, Miami, and North Carolina. And, like, I'm not saying that necessarily NC State recruits on the same goal as those other three teams do, but their defense is really, really good. Uh, and so that's, like, another team that he's going to have to worry about because, I could start, like, if he's going to be a wide receiver three, that's probably fine for his freshman season. And it's really good if he can win it out. In his first year, uh especially in an offense that historically has produced really well, fever is just things that he's real small, so he needs to put on he needs to put on
1: weight or he's gonna get hurt um, but he's he's good in space, good downfield, completely undrafted, like I said, he's available in dynasty, but if he's a wide receiver through for Pittsburgh, we're kind of you know unless you're the running back at Pittsburgh. You're the tight end, Um, maybe the wide receiver one. That's what the ones we're looking at as far as there. So he would be like a late flyer or if someone goes down with injury or you just see him pop off and somehow 152 pound, hopefully he's in his 160s at this point, but hopefully 160 pound wide receiver starts taking off in CFF and like weeks one through three, that's when you pick him up on waivers. Um, Definitely a watch list guy. I just thought it was really interesting that he was already considered a uh, starter for the freshman one with Phil Steele. So I definitely want to bring to your attention there as well. Um, So let's move on to our next guy. And this guy, very familiar with, of course, let's talk about some Tar Heels real quickly. This is Chris Culliver, He's an on-three consistent 93.51, four-star commit uh, to UNC. Um, They said he's got a pro comparison of Zay Jones. Uh, Shout-out to ECU of 2013 there as well. But Zay Jones killing over there in Jacksonville as a Jaguar. They're saying that Culver is smooth, coordinated, and a hyperproductive receiver who reminds them of Zay Jones. Um, the great thing about Culver, man, fluid, smooth route runner. He creates separation and acceleration, um, dominates average to subpar competition. Uh, he's went for 1,310 yards and 26 touchdowns on 62 catches as a junior. Uh, he plays basketball, so his hops are ridiculous. So his catch point radius, the way he can get up for a pass is really impressive, too. Um, they said they could. Uh, improve a little bit on attacking the ball so be a little bit more aggressive with his hands, uh, and let it get into his body because he lets say he does a little bit more of the body every once in a while, but he also has, uh, they said at times lapse in concentration, so that's something that probably stopped him from being a five star overall. Uh, he's pretty much among the younger blue chip wide receivers in the class. He turned 17 uh, his junior year, so he should be 18. He just went for the summer. So the difference between him, we, uh, I think I talked about in the spring game, Christian Hamilton, who was lining up as the – he was the other freshman. He was lining up behind Blackwell. But the hype was that when Culver got on campus, which we just started uh, on this recording, the Tar Heels started their summer camp literally today. So we'll hear reports as it's coming out. But coming on, people were hyped about Culver, that he could uh, contend with Gavin Blackwell as – Honestly, the wide receiver threat, the Tar Heels, it's a different offense now. We got Chip Lindsey. We don't have Phil Longo. So the Dairy Raid is now in Wisconsin. Um, but, you know, Chip Lindsey, uh, from what I saw in the spring game myself, he hasn't changed too much. I think he's going with what Mac Brown and uh, Drake May are kind of wanting on their own. But I did see there's a lot more balance at the run game. So Chip Lindsay is installing Hampton. He's installing Elijah Green there. So there's a lot going to be more balanced attack. We also got to deal with the fact that there's like two slot wide receivers this year that they're rotating between could be Pesor and Nate McCollum who came from Georgia Tech. And of course, we have to talk about wide receiver one, Tez Walker, who's just going to light the world on fire this year. The kid's an absolutely a stud, and it's going to be hard to bring him down and block him. So even if Culver gets on at wide receiver three, uh, you know, Blackwell's had what, Justin, maybe like two pop-off games. He's literally really good for DFS, but he might not be the greatest for CFF all the time. But he would be a good stash. Um, So I picked him up. It was round 13, pick 11. I thought that was pretty solid. I'm just taking shots at my guys. Uh, did you get a chance to see Culver? And what do you think about him coming to UNC versus uh, the color upper schools? Because I think he got offered NC State and a few other guys too. So what were your thoughts? So
0: I, I like Culver. I, I think that he was, I like seeing his high school stats. His high school stats are really, really good. Uh, and you certainly see it be very productive at the high school level uh, if they're going to come next level up. Uh, you know, stats aren't necessarily everything because different high schools can shake out different ways, uh, different levels of talent, things of that nature. Uh, but you, I, I like seeing a guy like dominate at a certain level before you go up to the next level. Uh, Culver certainly did that at the high school level before he came in. Um, he's, I think he's also one of these guys like really good downfield, um, believe the average like 20 something yards per reception or something like that, whether that be in a senior season or over his career, uh, either way, both of those would be really good. Uh, which North Carolina has, you know, outside of the, outside of Josh Downs, they've liked having a guy that can, they can throw to downfield. Uh, so Culliver's got that in his, in his bag that he can break out here. Um, the I do think the issue he's going to run into at least for a year or two is there is a ton of guys in Chapel Hill right this second. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you walk through them, you know, Tez, Johnson, uh, Tez Walker, Andre Green, Paysor. Uh, I saw someone compare Nate McCollum to Josh Downs, which like all due respect to Nate McCollum, nobody is Josh Downs. Correct. I agree. Like you can say all you want. You can give him whatever confidence boost you want. Nate McCollum is not Josh Downs, Uh, but he's supposed he's, he's gotten a really good word there from his coaches here and practices here uh, throughout the spring and uh, stuff like that. So and you know, Gavin Blackwell and uh, JJ Jones and stuff like that, all those guys are really good. So it's going to be hard to crack that rotation early I do think that he has a ton of potential down the road uh, just because 20 yards per reception is pretty freaking good. Um, And speaking as a guy who's rooted for a team for the past two years with no field stretcher, it's nice to have a, it's nice to have a guy that can create space and get downfield. And Culver can certainly do it. I think, uh, I think late round stash guy is pretty good, you know, at worst. Uh, And then at best, he is a dude that just kind of comes in in the summer and lights the world on fire. And becomes that third guy.
1: Right. Yeah. It's a tall order. Like I said, tons of talent that he has to go through. Not to mention now we have like a couple other four stars now we commit in twenty twenty four. So the ball keeps rolling. Mac Mac Brown doing his thing, making you know kissing babies, shaking hands, making sure he gets all the recruits in that he can. I just hope he continues with the defense because man, we talk offline all the time, but that's such a sweat fest every single year, man. I'm glad the offense is great, but man. Goodness gracious, please give us some high five star defensive players and hope they stay, man. <laughs> but yeah, and look please, for Chris Culver. Uh, yeah, uh, just yeah, we got to beat the Battle of the Carolinas. That's all that matters. That way, the Clemson fans will be happy, at least with us, until we see them and play later this year. So, uh, which you guys will be fine. Um, but uh, check it out because Culver one young. Uh, super talented, even if he doesn't, maybe he does, you know, maybe he gets tired and he doesn't want to battle these guys out. If any, any chance Culver ever goes to G5, he would completely dominate the scene. Uh, Same thing if he went to somewhere like he'd be moved over to state, which we'll talk about as he stayed in a couple of the guys they have, or, you know, maybe goes to ECU or something like that. He would light the world on fire. It would it'd be, it would be ridiculous, basically. So keep Chris Culver, he's definitely a late round get. or if he somehow, Misses all those rounds, and you can pick him up on waivers. Go grab him, he's definitely worth the stash for sure. All right, let's move over into Raleigh from Chapel Hill. And we'll go talk about Mr. Kevin Conception. They also call him KC on three consensus, 87.83, three star commit. Uh, he's going to NC State, uh, 60, 170 pounds. So a little on the lighter one, but he's quick and efficient, man. Uh, he's uh, he rolled early, so he was there in the spring game. So i him and another guy we're going to talk about soon. Actually has some pretty glowing reports on there as well. Uh, he played wide receiver, um, and then he also he also did some running. So he caught sixty five passes, nine hundred seventy seven yards, twelve touchdowns in his final two varsity seasons. He caught twenty nine passes for four, five. 119 yards and four touchdowns as a senior, but he also carried the ball 17 times, 156 yards and two touchdowns. So all purpose, he went 1,030, uh, 1,032 all purpose yards and average 35.0 yards per kick return. So if anything, if KC can get on the field and do some punt returns or some kickoff returns, that'll get him on the field faster to not be a year one zero for a wide receiver. Um, he was a four star prospect for rivals. However, the rest of the guys like 24, seven, on three in ESPN, wanted him ten, uh, see has a three-star prospect. Um, and, of course, he was at the Shrine Bowl there for the Carolina, so he showed out there. That's where he uh, he started to get more highly sought after. So all the NC teams, I think even the South Carolina guys, were starting to look at him as well. Decided to commit to NC State after uh, UNC picked up Hamilton and Culver. I think he decided he wanted to go ahead and play in Raleigh and have a faster chance to c- compete and I kind of agree, man. Uh, what's your thoughts on Conception? Because I think there's opportunity here, especially with the guys. It's like uh, other than the transfer from Rice who just came over, Rob Vinkins-Rosner, uh, it's wide open for, for playing time. And they got Brendan Armstrong, and he lights with a name, man. Like That's 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 pretty good. You want a wide receiver from this room. So what's your thoughts on KC when you saw it, and what do you think about the fit here at NC State? Uh, I, I fully
0: agree that there is a North Carolina State is the land of opportunity for a wide receiver this year. Yeah. Uh, you get a you get Robert and I who uh, I, I, I'm sort of in my notes here. If we're like comparing, you know, we could very well be comparing apples to oranges when we do this. Uh, but looking back at the 21 Virginia offense, uh, I, I fully I fully believe that like Rosner is going to be the. Uh, be your wow. Dontavian Wicks esque player. I fully think that uh, Timmons is probably going to be your other outside there. So that's going to be like your Lavelle Davis Jr. esque player, which means that that Billy Kemp role is open. Right. Uh, they need a guy there in the slot that can step up. Uh, you know, I've looked at a couple of different depth charts. Uh, Porter Rooks has been there for three years now and Still hasn't broken it, out yet. He should be <laughs> the guy, but just yeah. it hasn't been. Um, so I could very well see, you know, like Rooks honestly should probably get the nod there to start things off. But the fact that he hasn't locked it down, uh, is concerning considering a guy like everything you see about conception the first time that you read about him or like in any article that you read evaluating is talking about how ridiculous he is in space.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and how like slippery he is around linebackers. He's just really hard to cover. Uh, so this is a guy that is very potentially a key playmaker for NC State early on in his career. Uh, As in, it's one of those things. I, I really think it's a if uh, like a win, not if situation. Uh, for conception, and I think it's I think it's a good bet that it's next season. I think that there is a strong argument that could be made that it's mid to late this season that he steps up because uh, that Thayer Thomas role is like finally open after. Yep. A decade of Thayer Thomas at NC. State. Yeah. Thomas uh, was a legend there, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh like they, they need that someone to step up in that position. Uh, I think that he's got all the potential in the world to do it. It's just a matter of if, if he can, you know, get out there and do it. He took some snaps pretty early in the spring uh with the ones there. So very yep. well, very well could be him.
1: So he went round 11, pick three in our league, which I thought was solid. He actually went ahead of Culver, who we talked about previously there at UNC. Makes sense because it sounds like at, uh you know, the very highest uh, ceiling, we're going to see him like halfway through the season. He'll break out here in a couple games at the start of the season, and then he'll just solidify the role. Like you're talking about, man, like all the beat reporters, they, you know, we talked to, to Corey there from Pack Pride 24-7. He was big on Porter Rooks, too, but then, you know, in the DMs, he's like, I don't know what's going on, man. Like, he's just not breaking out. I don't, you know, like, we're trying to figure out when he's going to. I was like, well, it's year three, man, so, like, now or never. And then you got all these studs like Conception talking about a tight end here pretty soon that uh, equals just as much as another pass catcher as a wide receiver as well. Um, I don't know, man. Porter Rooks has got like a limited string before he gets pulled away. Same thing with Timmons; they're expecting a lot from him, but or in Lasane. But it's like no one's breaking out, whereas all their freshmen are like standing out, you know, big time. And now they have a a stud, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, transfer as an alpha man. So, man, this is coming together pretty good for State, and you want a piece of this because uh, Armstrong was like QB eight, I want to say in 2021 or something like that. It was just ridiculously high. So if he could come back to form here, yeah. one, of, one, if not two of these receivers are going to get a lot of play, maybe even a tight end. So we'll talk about that, man. What do you think about round 11? You think that's pretty good solid. Do you think he should go higher because of the, the hype that's going around Armstrong and an what a, what are your thoughts, man? I,
0: I probably think, I, I think that round 11 is pretty, uh, a pretty good steal on him. I think he probably could go earlier. Um, I think if, I think if I could do everything over again, I probably would have taken him before round 11 in our, in our
1: draft. That is. Yeah. I got too cute with him and the other guy we're going to talk about. And uh, I missed out on both of them. So I uh, made up for it by trying to snack Culver, hoping that he could win wide receiver three at UNC. So, you know how that goes. ACC. Um, all right, man, let's move on to the next one. Let's talk about tight ends, and this is a guy you're familiar with because you picked him up yourself. That's Mr. Jamari Johnson, uh, tight end there now at Louisville, 6'4 half, 255 pounds. And if you're watching on YouTube, the guy is a big, big boy. Um, he attended Miami Central High School, three-star sp- prospect, uh, number 26 wide receiver, number 36 player in Florida, uh, he was a slot receiver, so imagine this weight of a man, 255, playing a slot receiver and a return specialist. That's ridiculous. Uh, he's uh, scored the game-winning touchdown the final play of the game to send uh, his school to the state title game, so a pretty nice little fact there. Uh, he's named player of the year uh, in their league there that they played in. Uh, he went to the All-American Bowl. Uh, he was sixth player in there's only school history there in Englewood to be an All-American uh, he's played tight end, wide receiver, running back, quarterback, and he played defensive end. So it needs to say, Justin, the man knows how to play football. Um, he scored, uh, he caught 30 passes, 485 yards, eight scores over two uh, seasons. So effective. And then he had the plethora of offers, man. Alabama, Michigan, Michigan State, Miami, Florida State, You know all the bigger tight end names that you're uh, accustomed to. But he decided to go with, Uh, Louisville, man. So, I mean, he's in the ACC. This isn't the same ACC, so we automatically think of, like, Marshawn Ford and all these guys, but this isn't Satterfield. But we do remember Payne-Durham, and that's where Braum comes in the plane as well, so... Uh Louisville's uh now or just a Brom system is favors the tight end quite well. So uh he went undrafted, but you were able to pick him up. Is that the deciding factor? Like Brom, I need a tight end, maybe. Uh, you know, this guy's 255 pounds, he looks like a stud. Maybe I'll take a swing on him. Was that the thought process?
0: Uh so basically, uh, you know, with Brom moving from Purdue to Louisville, uh, he's had he had like multiple guys at Purdue really right. produce from at tight end. Um, and so when he moved over to Louisville, the first thing I looked for in the spring game, you know, outside of wide receiver one was who is the tight end for this team? Um, and so the guy that really stood out in the spring game for Louisville was a walk on who later transferred. Uh, and so I was like, OK, so that really helps me not at all. Uh, So I read into it a little bit more and uh, like came across Jamari Johnson. There is people that love Jamari Johnson say that if he can like he's coming along to the speed of the game at the collegiate level, he hasn't quite gotten there yet. But once he does, it's it's a like a win, not if situation. Uh, Cause the guys, you know, you mentioned that he is like six I've also seen him at like 280. The guy's just Ooh, like, man. he's it, like, it's not his fault. He's the biggest and strongest dude out there. Like no. he's just here. And I, I, I think he's just made to be successful in Jeff Brom's offense. Uh, I'm in two dynasty leagues. I was able to not draft them. Uh, there's three tight ends that I've been heavily after in, in Dynasty Leagues this year. Dallin Holker at Colorado State, Bentley Hanshaw at Liberty, and Jamari Johnson at Louisville. Uh, I, I'm sure I'm like just speaking to the crowd when I talk about Dallin Holker, but the other two guys that... Hanshaw's a nice little sneaky one. That's good. I like that one. Those two guys I've been able to get in two Dynasty Leagues without having to draft them. Uh, between Jamari Johnson and Bentley Hanshaw. I think both of those guys, I think Hanshaw's is going to be really good this year. And if Jamari Johnson's not really good this year, which I think he very well could be, I can see him being really freaking good next year because this dude's just made to be a successful tight end in Jeff Brown's offense.
1: Well, to sprinkle that on that little hot fire, Good old Phil Steele has him starting tight end because apparently he talked to Jeff Brom, and Jeff Brom, I guess, has told him that Jamar Johnson is their guy. So if that's the case, holy cow, you uh, you probably got the steal of the entire uh, league probably. Uh, and like I said, it's like you have to reprogram yourself. So a lot of people are like, ah, oh, Louisville, Marshawn Ford didn't do much. This is not Satterfield. This is Braum, and Braum is really good about playing the tight end position. So, sir, I applaud you. I went looking for him a couple weeks ago. He was no longer available, so I have him literally like three weeks before I even decided to look for him. So props for you to, for getting him as well. Um, but this is a guy I want to tell people, man, like – if, if you're still drafting, take him like the last couple rounds, you know, hopefully just don't tell your friends about this episode if you're that or if you're in the ACC Best Ball League, like take him now and then, you know, then tell your friends about him. So do that first and then, uh, you know, go grab him or if he's still on waivers, please go pick him up now. Uh, if he can maintain his weight and, like, have a good healthy weight and, then you know, ball out, man, he's going to be like Payne Dern in the wrestling. He's going to get, um, you know, NFL potential, and that's good for those that are playing full-on C2C leagues and stuff like that. So he's definitely could be an NFL guy for sure. So but CFF, man, in the Brahms system, I'm all for it. So fire him up, go grab Jamar and Johnson, man. All right, any last words on Mr. Johnson before we move on to the next guy, man? Uh, no, just uh, I
0: fully agree. Like, if you can get him in – if you can get him late – Uh, Take him late. He's basically going free of charge right this second. Uh, You can use him like the two drafts that I've taken part in have been 15 rounds. You could have taken him round 15. Both of mine. I was able to. I had him in my back pocket. I let Mm -hmm. the draft end, let waivers process and then picked him up because he was still there. So I was able to get him in both without using like any sort of my free agent budget in both. You're
1: fantastic. $0.00, the best time, the free time. So get them for $0 while you still can. If not, the price is moving up uh, probably as soon as this episode goes air. So go grab them while you can. So, (laughs) All right, man, let's talk about our boy, Mr. Juice for Rain, also Javante. But they call him Juice 6'3", he's only 210 pounds, so a little bit smaller. He is bulking up from what I hear. Uh, he's a three-star consensus of on three, 90.17, a four-star athlete. He competed at Havelock High School right down the street from me. So I got to actually spend a lot of time, uh, watching juice live and also talking to him, you know, on the field and sometimes in the DMS as well, man, he's talented. He's really, really good. A good pass catcher, man. Ball skills are amazing. He can catch, uh, as far as the diamond and on his, uh, actual, uh, numbers as well. Um, he touts some of the better ball skills among the tight end prospects in the 2023 cycle mainly because i think he's more receiver than tight end uh, that's probably the knock on him is that he needs to learn to uh, uh, he played defense there at Havelock, so he played linebacker so he knows how to do some you know the actual like uh, rushing pass or things like that but he does need to do a better job as far as um, you know, making you know, more blocks and stuff like that stay on the field longer. But as far as if you're looking for him just a pass catching, uh, he makes uh, tough catches look routine, man. He runs well. He's got great routes, man. So uh, for a guy that's considered tight end, um, and one kind of reminds me of Bryson Nes, but there at UNC, man, like he can play outside. You can play in the tight end spot. You can move him around. You can probably throw him in the slot. Um, he's uh, He just turned 18 literally this month. So literally he's one of the youngest ones on the actual team as well. Um, he needs to just con- uh, continue growing. That's the thing. Like his stature and bulk, he's got to put on size. He's got to try to maintain as much of his speed as possible. Um, so if he keeps that and puts on the size, man, man juices in for a heck of a season, like we talked about with Conception. Plenty of opportunity here to bust out. And in the spring reports, Varine got a glowing review, even more than Kevin Conception. So did you get a chance to check out uh, Juice and see what he was able to do there at Havelock High, man?
0: Yeah, like Juice was a guy that I wanted in the dynasty leagues that I'm in, and like missed every single time. Uh, somebody always got him before I could. Um, you know, comparing comparing offense, uh, comparing Anai's offenses in the past. You know, he had guys like Keaton Thompson, he had uh, Gadsden uh, last year at Syracuse. I think this is the guy that they want for that role at North Carolina state. I mean, he was starting in the spring game, uh, which basically means that man rolled up and went in the winter and then showed up and they're like, Hey bud, guess what? Guess what? <laughs> <You're tied in. laughs> Congratulations. Uh, yeah. But he's, he's so freaking good. I, I I fully agree and have in my notes here that like he more than likely is going to have to develop as a blocker. Uh, but I said earlier to some offensive coordinators, that matters. To some offensive coordinators, that doesn't matter. I think this is one of the rare situations where a nye <laughs> is going to be like, I really don't care because he's juice Just marine and he's that damn yeah. good. Right. Uh, and so uh, I, I really believe that this guy is going to pop off year one hands down easily. Uh, in fact, wherever he was taken in our dynasty league was
1: probably too late. It was uh, round eight, pick 12. I had pulled the whole draft day thing, was going to take juice for reading, no matter what. Well, I chickened out because I was like going to take him pretty high. I was like, no, maybe I'm too high. Well, now looking back on it, Justin, we were too low. We should have probably taken yeah. him way, way higher. So <laughs> you, no, me both agree. You, you,
0: got, you got like Deuce Robinson that's going like super early uh, in right. these drafts and, and it's to an offense that's been – Really, you know, with Riley's offenses, they've been really good or really not great for tight right. ends. And, uh, now he's a and receiver, so that so. could go either way. Yeah. He's been like a round one or two guy. And we have like a dude that's at least for now listed as a tight end for fan tracks. I know uh, he's probably going to be uh, what Froton refers to as a, you know, a, a tight end and title only. Um, yeah. True. But uh, I mean, he'll
1: be a receiver, whereas like Trent Penix, the senior, he'll be like a yeah. backup. Houston, like a running back, like Vereen's going to be the passing tight end. Penix is going to be like the blocker slash running back tight end, you know? So yeah. because we remember, what's his name? Samuels. Uh, I think they played yeah. both tight end and running back, even though they played more running back. So Vereen's by default, they're tight end. He's just literally just, he should just be called pass catcher PC instead of actual yeah. tight end
0: stuff. I like the, uh, I like the uh, Virginia vernacular in 21 for uh, Keeton Thompson when he was football player.
1: Yeah, that just should football be what player. that position is. We should just go back to athlete. Uh or if you want to do CFL, he can be a slot back and then just catch everything. Whatever. Um, so he has a pro comparison of Jordan Atkins, who was UCF there in 2010. Um, I mean, like I said, if he puts on size and can get up to a Jordan Atkins uh 240, something like that, man, that's uh that's enticing. Like I said, this is a uh possible NFL uh you know potential. Like I said, he has to put on the size 210 is not enough for tight end action at the NFL level. Um, so if he does want to play tight end, it's not, he can also convert to wide receiver probably at the NFL level. Um, but man, writing's on the wall for juice man i think he says a home run hit like i said round eight where would you take him now like two months later would you shoot like i was going to like round five ish or were you gonna go for like even round four like because deuce robinson's a wide receiver now so now his his stock is declining i'm thinking like if we had to do it now juice would probably be like in the first four rounds i'd have to think right yeah I, I was thinking like round four i'm too scared to go round three but <laughs> uh, round four would have been <laughs> would have been enticing man I, uh, I betrayed myself with the whole draft day thing, and it didn't work out. But man, uh, I I don't for, I forgot who picked him up around eight. But shout out to you. I think it was uh, Bainbridge that got uh, got conception there uh, there in around eleven. So shout out to uh, for Bainbridge for getting a piece of this NC State offense, man. But that's gonna wrap up the ACC, man. Are you ready to talk about a little big fish, small pond? Let's talk about some G five. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, man, I'm going to keep the tight end train going. I want to look for the new Fairweather, and I want to talk about Braden Stanton, who's an on-three consensus, 82.85, a three-star prospect. He's committing to FIU. Um, Like I said, completely available. Uh, We'll see how it goes. This is a watch list only. So just to preface this, this is not a guy. You should be running to the waiver wires right away, but you should remember the name Braden Stanton. So he's an opposing tight end. He excels in both the run and the passing game. And he's a product of Green Hill High School. He played for head coach. Josh Crouch, uh, he was selected as a first-team all-region selection. He helped uh, his team birth ad one 5 a uh, D1-5A playoffs there in Tennessee. He was rated a three-star prospect for 24-7 sports and uh, rated among the top 70 recruits nationally at his position there in, te- in Tennessee and in top 70 players there in Tennessee as well. Um, he snagged a total of 32 catches for 286 yards and five touchdowns over his final two prep seasons, so Prep seasons or prep leagues, usually a little bit smaller in comparison. So it sounds like there's a lot of competition there in the Tennessee level. 6'6", 210, man. Uh, We just saw Fairweather have a pretty decent season there in FIU. Not too much has really changed over at FIU. Uh, They did have another, I think, recruit, but he is the higher one of the two tight ends that are coming in. They do have a transfer. I forget his name, uh, but he's probably the senior transfer. So there's at least a year. So if anything, Stanton might be later in the year. He might be earlier. But what's your thoughts on FIU now? Uh, like I said, Fairweather out the door. I don't think they have – was it Chambers that was there previously? And now he moved over to Maryland, right? Yeah, Chambers is at Maryland. Okay, so literally FIU needs a stud. Um, so a little bit of a deep dive, a little bit of like a garbage uh, bin digging for, you know, some – some hur- some hopefully some hidden treasure, man. I'm looking for the Fairweather replacement. What do you think about a six-six-two-ten guy? at tight end sounds a lot like Vereen just a little bit taller basically um but do you think FIU uh will still kind of stick with the tight end or do you think they're looking to change their narrative this year what's your thoughts on on G5 and FIU
0: for me it's it's one of those things it's like can they even afford to change their narrative even if they wanted to Right. Uh that don't, I don't even know. I don't think that they have the guys to do that. The the best receiver there, if I'm not mistaken, is Chris Mitchell, which honestly sounds like a James Madison guy, but isn't. So. Um like it I don't think that they can afford to get away from the tight end and having a guy that like having a guy like this that's like as tall as he is, uh would be a huge mashup matchup issue out of the slot against other uh conference usa s schools there Uh, especially with this new conference usa that we're having to all adjust with i think some of my favorite uh my favorite draft results that i've seen is where people have done like conference only drafts and get to the cusa conference
1: and they'd have to do the best ball and it's just brutal yeah (laughs) it's just awful
0: and so uh I don't think that they can afford to get away from it. I could see Chris Mitchell potentially having a big year, but like the the quarterback thing, there is just so awful right. uh, that it's it's hard to take a chance on. I do like the idea of tight ends because, I, in the same way that I like slot receivers in offenses where quarterbacks can't pass, uh, it, if they can't go downfield, more than likely they can go like from here ten yards forward and get it to a At guy least. in a dump off. Uh, I ideally they can at minimum do that. Uh, So uh, that's why I like the potential of the guy, the the tight ends there at FIU. Uh, I do. I love size at a G five. If if a guy's got talent and size at a G five, he's a guy that we're talking about much earlier in the off season than we are right now. Uh, so if he can go in there and prove himself and do it early on, I think it's a different discussion next year. And maybe he's like
1: up there in our tight end rankings, sort of like Fairweather was last year. Right. Yeah. It might be a pleasant surprise. I do want to preface this is like, you can still be six, six and two ten in the G five and be perfectly fine at tight end versus being in like the sec, for example. So there's a big difference between conference USA, the ACC, as far as that one. So, Still needs to put on some size, I'd say, but like, you know, 6'6 six, six and 210, just a huge target. And like I said, if you can dump it off 10, you know, 10 yards, it'd just be nice if Braden Stanton was just there with his arms out, just like, hey, just over here, guy, and then just give it over to him. So maybe he yeah. just might stumble into like, I don't know, like 600 yards and like eight touchdowns or something crazy like that. Who knows, man? Like, I don't know if FIU can even put up those type of numbers, but, man, it would be great if Stanton was the guy. But I just wanted to bring it to people's attention, man. We're looking for the Fairweather replacement. If FIU stays the exact same, one of these tight ends, which this guy being the higher recruit, might actually have a chance to actually make that happen. He does have to compete with the senior transfer, so there is that. But keep looking out for fall reports. If you keep seeing this name come up, that might be the chance to go from watch list over to waiver wire picker. So definitely – go pick them up, man. All right, Justin, man, it was been good. I love talking to ACC, man. One more time, tell the people where they can find you and if you got anything else cool coming up uh, here pretty soon, man, I know you got a uh, title to defend here. I know you got the, the King classic coming up. So tell them maybe about that coming up too, man. Uh, so I, I will, so
0: uh, you can find me at
1: insider CFF. Like I said, I got my,
0: my one tens or my top 110 players at quarterback, running back receiver and like 70, 80 tight ends. Uh, something like that. I love tight ends. I, a lot of people don't.
1: I love tight ends. You and Moxley are tight end guys, so yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so I I, I I try to go relatively deep on tight end. I, one, 110 is just like way overkill though. And so if you want those, just DM the Twitter page. I can get it to you. It's not a problem. Uh, so the Kings Classic is back on. I'm actually taking a year hiatus from it, uh, oh, even though man. I do hold – I hold the original title for the King's Classic. Uh, so Is actually Punk? in the room with me right now. It's just a, it's just across the room right this second. Uh, so I've the got a four month. I
1: said you're the CM Punk of this uh, of this uh, this tournament because you're the champ that never lost, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the champ that never lost. I lost big time last year because none of okay. my team stayed healthy.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, I picked up uh, picked up Gabriel and Bryce Young in a six. Six point passing touchdown league, thinking that'd be fantastic, and then both of them miss significant time, yeah. Um, and then just I guess I listened to Josh too much on my running backs because Kamar Wheaton didn't do anything for me last year either.
1: Man, shout out to Josh, he was really hyping that Wheaton train, man. Uh, I had uh Gabriel too, and uh, I, I spent a lot of time without him, so luckily I had Drake, so it, it was we did okay, um, but. Yeah. Yeah, man. So go go check him out, man. Go check out Justin. Like I said, DM him for the rings as well. But the King's class is returning, and maybe Justin will make his return and you know show his belt off against the new champion, and maybe they can have like a face off or a DFS face off. That'd be kind of a cool way to settle the score, maybe.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. The plan. The plans to come back next year. I've got I've got a four month old son now. Uh, didn't feel like. Thank you. I, di- I didn't feel like. I didn't feel right leaving my wife at home with him for an entire weekend while I right. like. Hung out in Canton. Yeah. Uh, So ideally, I I spoke with John. John was totally cool about it. Uh, And he uh, congratulated me and said that he looked forward to having me back into it next year. Uh, So taking a year hiatus from it. And then I'm coming back to reclaim everything in 24.
1: There he goes. He's going to redesign, rebuild, reclaim. Uh, And that's what Justin does, man. Uh, But thank you once again for coming on, guys. And thank you for listening, everyone, and watching on YouTube. And we'll see you in the next episode. Peace.